He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. All right, we are here. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a beautiful morning in the Texas Hill Country. And yes, my phone has been exploding over, um, let's see, get that button pushed. There we go. Whoops, whoops. My phone's been exploding this morning. Yes, I have seen the article, the uh, editorial that um, Mohammed Saidi, the um, um, resigning chair of the Gillespie County Republican Party. Uh, don't worry, we're going to uh, go into that when I've had time to look at it, but I'm uh, not going to jump on it today. Um, in fact, I haven't even been able to read the article yet, but uh, I will, and there will be a response. Not to worry, I've heard enough about it this morning, and um, I skimmed it, and so, yep, there will be a response. Uh, so, uh, Mo, uh, Mohammed, go ahead and uh, set your uh, recorder uh, down, and uh, because uh, yeah, you can also find these on podcasts. They're up for several weeks, or they're up for a week at Hill Country Patriot. This show is, and then I post them up to Spotify and numerous other um, uh, podcast uh, sites. So let's get through the announcements. Uh, we're going to have a an update on uh, the Paxton trial, but it will be at the end of the show today. So. Um, let's uh, start with the uh, uh, Constitution class, the Biblical Citizenship class that will be taking place starting tonight at um, Zion Lutheran Church. And this uh, begins, let me see, um, do I have a time on here? At 6.30, Thursday evening, 6.30, and uh, that begins, uh, that is tonight. And um, this, we've been talking about this class a lot. In fact, I'm uh, interviewing Rick Green this afternoon. And uh, we'll be playing that interview sometime, uh, likely tomorrow, but I'm not too sure. Um, so we're going to have lots of uh, a good visit with um, Rick Green this afternoon, and we'll play that for you tomorrow. Also tonight, for our northern stretch of our listeners, the Lano Tea Party is having its uh, regular meeting tonight. And uh, that is, uh, let's see if I, oh, it does not have, ah, here we go. This is their annual election of officers, um, September 7th. That is tonight. They're at the American uh, Legion. That is 200 Legion Drive. And um, Lisa, I love you, girl, but you need to put times on here. Here we go. It's from 6 to 8 o'clock. But I had to dig around on uh, the um, I had to dig around on your website to find that time and location. Um, so that is tonight if you're up in Lano. Uh, Saturday, this Saturday, Kimball County Republican women are hosting Seth Keschel. That should be great um, meeting. You do need a ticket to that. Um, I would suggest you open up your Fredericksburg Tea Party newsletter for any details on that event. Um, or find Kimball County Republican Women uh, website. You do need a ticket for that. That is this Saturday over in Junction. Man, wouldn't it be awesome if um, 
the Honorable Andrew Murr, who's uh, just an amazing performance uh, this last year at the uh, Texas legislature. Um, yeah, for a, yeah, it was an amazing performance for a, a trans public, and he did a great job uh, bringing forward uh, the ambitions and goals of the Democrats in the Texas House. Maybe Andy Murr will be there. Bring some of his Democrat friends with him. All right, on further out on the calendar, details to follow. Wednesday the 13th, the Kerrville uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce. Thursday the 14th is the regular meeting of the Fredericksburg Tea Party. That's going to be a good one. We have a Texas Scorecard panel coming on. On the 17th, the Patriot Academy um, is having an event at the uh, in Fredericksburg with Rick Green, Brad Stein, and Kirk Cameron, and I can't remember the name of the band. I can't remember the name of the band. Sorry. Um, but I've heard them before. Um, uh, 918, uh, Kirk County Patriots. That's Monday. Thursday, the 21st is the Preppers. Saturday, the 30th, Preppers Expo. I'm looking forward to this. I think a bunch of radio people are going to be there. Um, and so those of you who recently purchased small handheld ham radios, I think, I do believe that on the 30th, there will be some good radio people there. On Friday, the 22nd, uh, the Fredericksburg Tea Party Annual Boots and Barbecue event with Charlie Kirk. And I uh, was on the phone this morning. We're lining up Charlie to come on the air with us. And uh, so looking forward to that. All right. We're going to give you some words of wisdom from Ben Franklin. And if it sounds like I'm moving along today, yes, I am moving along uh, today because we got plenty to plenty to talk about. Um, here's some words of wisdom from poor Richard uh, Almanac. 1736. This is from Ben Franklin. By the way, the Epoch Times um, has been running some regular Ben Franklin articles. Very cool stuff. If you get the Epoch Times, as I am told, um, then uh, be looking for the different um, uh, little short things they've had on Ben Franklin recently. They're pretty good. They also did a George Washington one here in the last couple of days. But here's Ben Franklin from 1736, and he says, He that can have patience can have what he will. Let's let, put this uh, in a little bit more of today's language. If you have patience, you can have pretty much anything you want. Um, so there you go. I've just been told over the years, uh, don't pray for patience because God will give you something to be patient about. All right, folks, uh, y'all stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back. He owns the largest collection of do-rags in Gillespie County. He's Matt Long. The Fredericksburg Tea Party, along with We the People, Liberty in Action, and Kerr County Patriots, invite you to join us for Boots and Barbecue 2023, Friday, September 22nd, at the YO Hotel and Conference Center in Kerrville. TPUSA founder Charlie Kirk will be joined by special guests Congressman Chip Roy, Don Huffines of Huffines Liberty Foundation, and Rick Green, president of Patriot Academy. Great items in our silent and live auction. Get your tickets at fredericksburgteaparty.org. The Hill Country Patriot. All right. 
right, we are back. A little Led Zeppelin to get us moving here this morning, as if you really needed something to get you moving on a beautiful Thursday morning in the Hill Country. I have on the line with me my good friend, and not only a good friend, but a patriot and a family person, uh, Jody Gould. Welcome to the Matt Long Show, Jody. Thank you, Matt. Well, uh, good morning. <laughs> yeah, in the morning. So we, um, the Tejas Smoke Depot, folks, um, when I first got on the air, uh, the Tejas Smoke Depot was like weeks right behind me saying, we want to support you in what you're doing on the radio. And thus, Jody is a guest every Thursday morning. And uh, they have, the Tejas Smoke Depot has all of your tobacco needs, including an amazing 150 square foot walk-in humidor and that means it's uh, climate controlled and and humidity and temperature and all of that is perfect right on to preserve and keep your fine cigars fresh until you purchase them so um tell us a little bit more about your uh tell us about your special there each week we have a cigar special and uh, you started this a few a uh, few weeks ago, and I uh, think it's I uh, think it's uh, doing a pretty good job for you. Tell us about your cigar yeah. special this week. Well, this week we're featuring the Ashton cigar. It's a Dominican cigar. It's a higher end premium cigar. It's uh, there come in several different sizes and finishes. Um, Ecuadorian Sumatra wrap with uh, Dominican fillers and Connecticut wrap. So we have about five different styles, plus we also carry a boy and girl cigar in the Ashton line. The regular cigars run about 16 to $26 a stick, so they're a higher end, more pricey, but the boy girls are only about $5 a stick, so if you've got little, you know, little ones being born around the hill country, I know I do. Um, and it's a boy. I'm going to be smoking one of those cigars here pretty soon. Woohoo! And, uh, yeah, I know. I'm excited. Um, they're well known in cigar aficionado. They've been around for over 100 years. Um, so it's a really good premium cigar. Everybody should come and try them out while they're on sale. Okay. And, um, that's Along- about all I have to say about those. <laughs> we uh- have a big, wide selection of cigars, of course. If you don't want one of those, I'm sure you can find one in that huge humidor so um come on by and check us out if we don't have what you're looking for we'll try to get it along along with those fine cigars they have all of your other tobacco needs if you smoke a pipe they've got some great uh wonderful pipe tobaccos in there plus all the tools the packers and the pickers and i don't i don't know what all the tools are but i remember uh accessories accessories (laughs) all right well you know i'm a carpenter so to me they're just tools all right, so <laughs> that is uh, where we're at. They have all of those available. They also have uh, Dr. Pepper's Ho-Hos and Ding-Dongs. Well, I'm not sure about the Ho-Hos and Ding-Dongs, but we just kind of throw that in there. Basically, they got snacks. They are good for beer and wine. Uh, our local, uh, there is uh, every Wednesday, there is a local organization that distributes free bird and chicken cage liners, and you can purchase those there as well. Um, I believe they come out every Every Wednesday afternoon, and uh, let's see what else. Oh, you've got a drive-up window. If you have the kids in the truck, folks, make a counterclockwise uh, drive around the building, and that'll pull you right up to the window at the Tejas Smoke Depot. Um, we're going to give directions, and then we're going to talk about the phrase that pays. So the 
Tejas Smoke Depot is way out on the west end of town. And, of course, way out on a small town is just not that way out. But you go to the end of Main Street heading west, and Main Street splits. And if you go to the left, you're going to end up driving right, just right there to the Tejas Smoke Depot. And uh, uh, they got that awesome uh, church pew out front, and, and the weather looks like it's going to start changing to where sitting around on the church pew is going to be kind of fun. Um, so that's where they're at. And um, each week we have a phrase that pays that gives you an instant discount on your uh, purchase and your name in the hat for the drawing, which we're going to do today. So get let's do the drawing first, and then we'll do the phrase that pays. Who's your monthly winner? Okay, well, our lucky winner today is Bruce Brown. Congratulations, Bruce. He's been a winner in the past, and thank you for your business. And um, come on in and get your name back in that. We'll do it again. All right, congratulations. And All right, go ahead. We, well, I guess we should go ahead and do the um, phrase that pays yes. this week. Which We've used this one before, but we love it. And uh, it's the... <laughs> We don't rent pigs. So for those who know, they know. Yeah, if you know, you know. (laughs) For those who don't, watch Lonesome Dove and you'll get it. You will get it. Uh, We don't rent pigs. So when you go in there, ask them if they rent pigs, and uh, that will get you an instant discount um, for your purchase and your name in the hat for a monthly drawing. Let's give them your hours before we cut you loose. Okay, we're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 8. Saturday, we're open 9 to 7 and close every Sunday. There you go. Labor Day. For those who missed us on Monday, sorry, every year we're closed on Labor Day. (laughs) This is true. So there you go, 8 to 8, Monday through Friday, and Saturday they sleep in and go home early, so that makes it 9 to 7 on Saturday. And Sundays, they're closed for family and the Lord. So uh, thank you again to the Tejas Smoke Depot and Jody and Dave and her family who have been so supportive. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Matt. Have a great day. We will. All right, folks. uh, There you go, our good friend Jody Gould. And um, I'm going to kick off right now an interview I had with a fellow named Joe Goodson uh, yesterday. And I don't even really need to introduce this much because I introduced it on the recording. So um, here we go. Let's see if I can pull this off. And I got his, uh, he got my attention when I opened up one of my regular sources that I read every day. And that is the Texas scorecard. And um, I uh, noticed a, a, a commentary that was entitled An English Teacher's Rebuttal to the NCTE's Latest Agenda for Schools. And uh, this is published on August 21st. If you'll go to texasscorecard.com um, and just put in the name Goodson in the search bar and it'll show up uh, real qu- real quick. Mr. Goodson, welcome to the Matt Long Show. I understand you're an English teacher here in Texas. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I, I'm, I am an English teacher in Texas. I've been teaching high school English. Uh, it'll be 13 years in December. 13 years. Did you ever teach middle school, Joe? <laughs> I never did, but I did used to be a youth pastor, and I had junior hires as well you get that i was a middle school teacher for nine years and i've got the uh, i've got the bald spot to prove it so ah. 
we're we're on the same page so um first of all i have to say as much reading as i do and commentaries and news articles that reading your commentary was very easy because it was written so well it's got the introductory paragraph it's got the the it's just written the way my english teacher taught me to write and unfortunately i don't read stuff like that much anymore so i appreciate that um but let's start with your very first paragraph and uh, this is a you wrote this in reply to the National Council of Teachers of English. Um, would you tell me, first of all, who is the National Council of Teachers of English? Well, um, they are a nationwide organization um, that has been around a long time. And um, I don't know when uh, they started to do the, the uh, agenda thing uh, instead of just equipping teachers, but I can assure you that uh, if this memo that they came out with in May um, is any indication that uh, that they are so uh, similar to other organizations who have a lot of, um, of content but an underlying agenda. So, I mean, they just came right out and announced that in this memo. It's 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 de definitely radical what what does the memo say well um, I quote it in this first line or in this first paragraph that they quote want to want states to discard literacy standards and incorporate teachings of race anti-racism anti-blackness and LGBTQIA plus in K through 12 classrooms so part of that is the quote borrowed from their memo it's it's an eight or nine page memo um, that it basically announces uh, to the educational world that the NCTE um, with whatever clout that they hold um, has uh, a plan in place for us to all discard um, what we've been doing and and instead adopt this radical agenda even in Kate, you know, the earliest classrooms all the way up to the latest classrooms, K through 12. You know, it says discard literacy standards. I, I, I am, and in your article, I think you're, you agree with me on this. I am floored by that statement. What, isn't that your job as an English teacher to teach literacy standards? Isn't that, isn't that what you're supposed to do? That's it. So it's um, it's just exactly what has had parents so frustrated and really furious, rightly so, um, who are showing up at school board meetings all over the nation right now and need to continue to do so because whoever's running the show here um, is not only off the tracks but trying to pull the rest of us off the tracks. So what what kind of does this this council, the National Council of Teachers of English? Um, do, do they have any power? Uh, do they have any power, or are they just a just another group? Tell us about uh, any power they might have. And that is a great question. I mean, they have, to my knowledge, they have zero authority. Um, they don't have any more authority than the American Library Association has over uh, libraries, but yet they influence so many of them. It's just like the Southern Poverty Law Center has 
literally no authority, but they get referred to as an authority on, quote, hate groups, and they're the most hateful of all while they get to accuse, you know, good groups of being hateful. So this is very similar. Now, I can tell you as a, just a regular teacher, um, and I won't announce my district or anything, of course, I don't represent my district or, right. or my school, but uh, in this capacity, I'm representing myself privately and as the president of Concerned Christian Citizens, I always need to say that. But um, I am inundated with their junk mail as just one teacher out there that they don't know from Adam. So if I'm, you know, if I'm an example, uh, then I would assume that, that English teachers all over the nation get regular junk mail from them. So that's, that's the only clout they have, is that they have a name, they've been around a long time, but they have no authority to my knowledge. Would, would, uh, now, you've been teaching for 19 years, and uh, would a younger teacher coming in in an English class get that, uh, get that uh, uh, emails from that organization, and would they, would a younger teacher look at that and go, oh, i got to go with these guys? Is, is that something that is maybe the newer teachers we should be concerned with? I would be concerned about it because, I mean, I don't get tons of junk mail as a teacher, and somehow they've reached me, you know, in little old me somewhere in Texas. Uh, and if I were a new teacher, I might be inclined to say either, well, this must be from, you know, something I should do, or um, maybe they would jump at the opportunity thinking that it would, you know, be an enhancement of some kind since it showed up in your, you know, in your email at school. You know, I uh, I have been uh, um, up at the Capitol the last few sessions testifying uh, for and against uh, different bills, and uh, so the when the CRT bills and the uh, DIE bills came up in the last two uh, sessions, um, it was we had this argument somehow that we should be able to. Uh, talk about this in the classroom and that we should be pushing this critical race theory. You call it racism, um, and uh, I'm just uh, playing the devil's advocate here, but would you tell us why you think teaching critical race theory is racist? So uh, on that particular paragraph where I quote that, I believe I'm quoting from the Fox News article that was probably back in June that actually alerted me to this. I had never heard of um, of this memo until I read about it in Fox News. So um, I think that was a quote from their news article. Now, they, the, the actual quote within that quote from Fox News that I also quote, <laughs> excuse me okay. being so detailed, uh, is, quote, race, anti-racism, anti-blackness, and LGBTQIA+, end of quote. So that came from their wording. And having read the memo, um, uh, they they are gonna you know just basically teach, and a part of this would be a mandated you know, AKA enforced uh, curriculum, you know that the teachers would have to go through, and that's part of how they would do this um, in the classroom. You go through the teachers first, and we've all seen this pattern by now. But um, that's their words, so they're gonna try to teach us, you know their values and their belief system, which we've all been taught for decades, are not appropriate in the classroom. But, you you know, now all of a sudden, the you have the woke and then you have the broke. The broke 
just lay down for the woke because that's the strongest current cultural win that they can detect. So even if they don't believe it themselves, they'll do it to keep their job or whatever, and they'll platform this type of thing. And we're supposed to now uh, replace our values and teach theirs. Even if we don't agree, and even if we're withholding our own personal values from the classroom in terms of trying to, you know, indoctrinate people in our own views. So, but personally, just to get to maybe the heart of your question, it's blatantly racist to call white people the problem in society. That's what we did with Jews in the Holocaust. That's what we did with the black people in, in slavery. Anytime you scapegoat, based on the color of your skin, you're getting completely away from, you know, what the civil rights movement did for us to bring us out of that type of thing. And now we're just doing it as, quote, reverse, you know, and, and we all know what CRT does. It teaches us that, that you have an inherent guilt if you're white. And this is just racism um, in reverse. And it's, it's just as blatant, but because it's the prevailing wind, people are getting away with it. So uh, we're, I do want to get to the uh, concerned Christian citizens here in a few minutes, but let me ask you one more question about um, this, uh, about the CT, uh, DI, I, you know, I, I push to call it D-I-E instead of D-E-I, but I couldn't get anybody to go along with me. I just thought D-I-E was so much better acronym for diversity, inclusion, and equity. Uh, it just, you know, D, yeah, die. It just seemed perfect to me. Uh, so CRT, I believe we got that out of the classroom during the 87th legislative session. And I think during the 88th, this one that just went through, we were able to eliminate the teaching of diversity, inclusion, and equity in the classroom. Are you seeing, and I don't want to get you in any trouble with your school, are you seeing anywhere in any schools or any school districts or hearing word from any of your friends that maybe some of this stuff is still being taught, but maybe under the, under the radar? Oh man, that's a great question. Where I am, it's, it's definitely not happening, and I'm very thankful for that, but I'm in a more rural area. When I was in a previous district, I saw, I saw it starting to come in within the last few years. And, um, and especially when there was a, a crackdown on, on it nationally and certainly in Texas um, with parents showing up at school board meetings and, and such, um, I, I also saw it being um, introduced through leadership that may have been outside of our district but our district had chosen to bring them in and with a snide um, undertone uh, towards those who would disagree with this. And, um, and so the implication is, you know, that we know we want this, but you'll face some backlash over it if you call it this. So, you know, snicker, snicker. And that's how I saw it. And, and if, yeah, if teachers don't speak up right along with the parents, then this is what we'll get, even in our rural areas. But yeah, I do think it's trying to come in still, and, and not as much in Texas, because it's gotten some, we have gotten some backbone from our leadership, thankfully. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't see it succeeding unless we lay down and let it. 
Okay, um, we need to take a short break right now, but when we get back, I want to ask you about parent engagement, um, but as well as uh, the Concerned Christian Citizens and that website. So we're going to take a short break, folks, and we'll be right back. I have Mr. Joe Goodson on the line with me. He's an English teacher here in Texas, has been teaching for 19 years, no, 13 years as a public high school English teacher, and uh, my hat's off to you for that. I want you to look up his commentary at the thetexasscorecard.com, and um, this is Joe Goodson, and uh, we're going to be right back right after this short break. He's a teacher and activist. In an effort to alleviate the effects of the... Anyone? Anyone? And your host. Anyone? Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. Anyone? So the first question I want to ask you is the... Parents, what kind of parental involvement or engagement do you have in your school district? Um, I have not seen um, exactly what's going on. Fairly new to my district. I don't think that there's been much of a need for this type of involvement, thankfully, in, in this district. I can speak for my former district, and again, I won't name where. Right. Uh, but it was a larger district, and, um, and we had to combat the LGBTQ agenda that was, um, uh, that was coming in through the school where I personally taught uh, through some teachers. And since uh, parents were not notified of this, and I mean, I can get into the details with you if you'd like, but uh, parents and, and some, some t school staff members or district staff members retired teachers even a pastor more than one pastor got involved and we went to five straight board meetings and said and if you're going to platform if you're going to roll out the red carpet to this divisive and contentious moral issue and to one side of it that is you're going to push the homosexual agenda mm -hmm. um, on our minors without parental notification then you must platform the other side and that is that we should be able to do the exact same thing with the exact same freedom. Otherwise, you don't have what you love to talk about so much, which is diversity and inclusion. So we um, never got, of course, an okay from the district on doing that, but we never were told that these teachers did anything wrong either uh, by introducing women as men, um, or excuse me, men as women on the Women's History Month bulletin board, and even mentioning um, how one of these men dressed as a woman was the first one to throw the brick, rock, or bottle, and those were their words, um, at the cops to start the Stonewall Riots in 1969 and start the homosexual movement. So if they're gonna be able to, to push that on our kids, then we need to be able to have the same freedom on the other side. What what would that look like? What would the other side look like? What would you be teaching? What would you uh, what what would be your message? The other side, if given that opportunity. Well, my my uh, firm moral belief is what would be the other side, and that is that homosexuality is a sin. That I love I love all sinners. I myself am one, but that um, you know the natural 
uh, relationship that God created goes back to the fact that he created male and female in his image and then he created marriage which allows for procreation of this race we all know that this is the natural way and that this has been uh, true for the entire history of mankind but if I can um, face the other which creates a hostile environment for me as a teacher or as a student or as a parent in the, the school which is a public taxpayer funded institution then uh, then I need to be able to you know to share the things that they might consider taboo I don't like what they're sharing they wouldn't like what I'm sharing so we said you should remain neutral and neutrality means that you don't get to push one side of a moral issue but if you're gonna then then both sides have equal opportunity and freedom you know, this leads right into an organization called Concerned Christian Citizens, and there is a website called ConcernedChristianCitizens.org. I think you need to update your um, events. Um, maybe I was looking at past events. Ah, that's what I was looking at, past events. But um, ConcernedChristianCitizens.org, folks, go check that out. I'm assuming, I'm hoping this is your organization. Is that it right, is. Joe? Okay, it, good. It is. And you're, you're right our our home page is still uh it's still outdated but you know what i'm glad you said that we've left up the event that we did for the youth based upon that stand that 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 numbers of us took in that district and uh we had an outreach in which we invited stephen black and laura perry both of whom are featured on in his image uh the documentary about former homosexuals and former transgenders and they came and spoke their their stories and their testimonies and we uh, we saw a lot of youth come out and we got to hand out a lot of invitations and just having somebody with a story like that in front of youth is incredibly powerful in our day and age because those people aren't supposed to exist that totally defies the narrative that you're born this way or that um, that you can't change and we want to uh, we want to really get their stories out so that's something that we would encourage um, churches and youth groups and and folks to do all over the United States get people in front of the youth who have that story and go out to those high schools you know as volunteers on the sidewalk and pass out the invitations those alone will set an incredible um, opportunity for dialogue about the reality that, that that lifestyle is sinful and can be overcome through Jesus Christ absolutely what an, that's that that is the message that it can be overcome and that uh, and we are all broken joe every one of us is a broken sinner and and uh and and but we all have that hope and that grace um if we put our faith into our my king and savior jesus christ would you there's a term that gets used a lot and i'm sh i don't know if everybody really knows what it means um but the term moral relativism would you explain that to us i will in fact we have something i don't know if you saw it on that website it's uh on documents if you go to the lost generation it's called our youth today a generation lost in moral relativism and uh, so moral relativism is the religion of of this generation um, if you don't know Jesus and you have you have no strong moral virtue views then you will probably be 
gravitating towards moral relativism. And it basically says that uh, that there are no such thing, uh, there is no such thing as absolute truth. Um, it makes a mockery of, of any kind of absolute standards of right from wrong. And, um, and so, yeah, it is just causing all kinds of hopelessness among the youth because everybody does instinctively know um, God made us to know that there is there is a creator that there is a right and a wrong that you know we are not aware of it only we also are aware that we have not you know kept that perfectly and we are culpable and uh and that's why we need the Savior who died for our sins so that we could be forgiven. So, <clears throat> but when you take out, you know, moral, when you take out moral absolutes and you call things like the Ten Commandments nonsense, you basically just um, seal the doom of, of anybody who believes you. So moral relativism is, is the vogue um, default morality of our generation. And so I used to work at a retail store years ago and I had one of my co-workers really nice guy but typical liberal uh, type of thinker because he didn't have any standards himself so he said you know I don't judge anybody and I said oh no you do <laughs> you judge people all the time it's just by what standard hmm. you know I've off I've heard people say that you know it's okay to steal food if you're really hungry is that is that moral relativism? That would be one of those shades of gray. Even the proverb speaks about that, that it might be understandable uh, why somebody who has no food would steal to get some, but they will still pay the price because they did violate a moral standard that is absolute. But if we go to the lighter shades of gray, there's really no gray. It's just black and white. We are, we are living in Isaiah 520 increasingly and, and astoundingly increasingly where of course it says woe to those who call good evil and evil good and, and we just basically live in in absurdity now where uh where right is wrong and wrong is right and that's confusing an entire generation so we really need to throw the rescue net of the gospel out to this generation just as much as we possibly can so we have um um, in your concernedchristiancitizens.org website is a link to a film, and you mentioned it earlier, called In His Image. Tell us about that film. I am not familiar with that, but I'm definitely going to... I'm pretty sure there's a link in here. I think I'm going to click that link here sometime and watch this movie. Tell us about it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the American Family Studios made this three or four years ago. And, and it's just one story after another of those who have um, realized that Satan tried to steal their identity. Everybody's about identity now, and, and yet the identity is how God made us and, and how God sees us. And if we let Satan, the, the liar and the deceiver and the accuser, steal from us the truth of our identity, then we're awash in, in all kinds of uh, miseries that can be reversed when we get it right in Christ and basically he gets us right. So in his image is an American Family uh, Association production. We love American Family Radio. If you, uh, if you, we have one of those stations here. They've got 200 and something all over the nation. Uh, they still stand for truth and they do it unapologetically. So 
uh, they produce this they, they have a studio and, and, and it's just wonderful to watch be refreshed in the truth of God that sets us free and also pass it along to somebody who might be struggling and or somebody who like many of our own family members who are young are confused because of the moral relativism of you know that they've been fed so what? Um, so when you got together with some friends and you created ConcernedChristianCitizens.org, what was the objective behind it? When you sat down and said, hey, we're going to create this website or this organization with a website, what, what is your goal, your, your goal or purpose of this uh, ConcernedChristianCitizens.org? So um, it, it was it was in the uh, Central Texas area, and it was literally a few weeks before the Obergefell decision was about to be handed down. And we saw the writing on the wall, and we got together. It was some pastors and some others from the area. We, we met at a Ronald McDonald house and, there in Temple, and we said, you know, nobody's really getting the truth out um, about marriage as God intended it, and um, he's not going to change his mind, and people need to hear the truth, because the truth is what sets us free, and uh, we started saying, you know, we need to maybe issue a full-page ad in the newspaper, and just just go over what marriage is. Well, it never wound up that we issued a full-page ad, but on the website, you can find the document that we made, but we really kept meeting and meeting and realizing it's bigger than one issue, that we have got to stand in the gap on all of these issues that are so um, sucking our, especially young people, but, but many, many people, not just the young, um, into confusion and lies from the real enemy, which is Satan. Uh, the real victims are the ones pushing it in human form because they're, they're under his um, you know, influence. So the real enemy is Satan. We have got to speak the truth in the marketplace of ideas where it, its absence is is extremely unacceptable since we as the Christians and the churches are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And Jesus said, if the salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing anymore, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So these times demand of us that we be like Esther, that we be like you know, Elijah, that we we be the ones that um, speak the truth in love. So anyway, we started meeting. We realized that this is bigger than than one issue, and we formed Concerned Christian Citizens. And uh, and so what our goal was to inject light into the darkness, love into the hate, truth into the lies, and salt into the rot. Man, that's amazing. Good, good stuff. Now, I have two more questions before we leave. Um, the first one, I was a teenager in the 70s, and I remember being told how rotten we were. We were about the worst teenagers. We were going to grow up and destroy the whole world. And, and uh, you'd always hear that statement, these kids today, they got no respect. They're just on and on. Tell us how about the kids are today. How are these kids today in your senior high school? How, how are the kids? Um, well, they're kids, so they're still kids. Mm -hmm. um, many, many, many of them, and this is one huge difference between the way that your generation came up and you probably got about 10 years on me. Uh, but when we came up, it was a whole lot uh, more common to have two parents in the home 
Yeah. Um, and I praise God for all of those single parents who are trying their best and doing a great job of raising their kids. But they have been a. This generation is a hurting generation, and and it's a broken generation. And because of a lack of fatherhood, it in general, it's it's a generation that um, that 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 really is is many in many ways just hurting so I, I'd say that they're still kids I'd say that um, they're pretty resilient all things considered but I'd say that they've got a lot of strikes against them um, primarily from the broken homes and so few of them are churched anymore mm. uh, so there's a lot of deficits that we have with them to work um, just to start with so but um, I I really believe that they're also a hungry generation. They they can look at something in someone and probably tell it real from fake a lot quicker than maybe my generation could. They appreciate real. They do not appreciate artificial. Um, and so if they see a genuine person of any age, that person has an an opportunity to build a bridge with them. All right, folks, I'm going to cut that off right there because I did have one more question and then kind of a wrap up, but it would have been, uh, it would have sounded horrible just to cut him off as uh, our closing, uh, the top of the hour comes along. And so I chose to go ahead and uh, cut that interview off right there. It has about four minutes left. I'll uh, see tomorrow about playing the end of that. And, um, but uh, the next question, I had to ask him uh, several questions. Actually, I had two more. I lied. Instead of two, I had three. But it had to do with what advice do you give to young teachers, especially young Christian teachers, coming into uh, the school situation for the first time into public schools? So we'll get into that. He had some good answers for that, and his closing statements were really good. My apologies for not timing this better. I just ended up with about four minutes too short in order to bring to bring that up and uh, so we'll play the end of that uh, tomorrow i hope that you tuned in yesterday to some of the uh, ken paxton trial um, they closed up with the first witness and started in on the second one i believe that uh, paxton's uh, defense uh, blew their first witness out of the water um, he was the one I was kind of making fun of yesterday. And um, he, so uh, the defense came. His whole attitude changed when the defense showed up and started cross-examining him. And uh, so I found that quite interesting. But um, And then the second witness that the, um, that the uh, prosecution brought up was um, he was a little bit... Um, uh, he was a he was a little bit more clean cut. Um, uh, I think he was a much better witness for the prosecution, and um, the uh, the cross examination of that witness has not begun yet, and that is probably what is going on right now. Folks, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and um, we will see y'all uh, to Minana. <laughs>